Hello, fellow basement dwellers. Welcome back to Bandwagon Nerds on this glorious, uh, what is today? What is today, DP? August 30th? Monday? 30th? Sunday, August 30th. 30th. As always. 2020. Still four more months in this shithole of a year. And uh, it just keeps getting worse. But before we get into that, let's uh, let's go around the horn. Our fearless leader, Patrick O'Dowd. I believe he's working today, DP. Isn't that what's going on? Yeah, he's got to like help some kids or something get into dorms. I don't know what he's doing. He's weird. Working on a weekend. This is Let him get their own rooms. Let him get their own rooms. Fuck them kids. That's right. (laughs) It's about time they learn to, you know, be on their own. Grow up. Come on. Be self sufficient. God's sake. So, as you guys have probably already heard, uh, the voices of many here, of course, the other. What one third of the regular cast is here? The one and only, the scientist himself, DPP. How are you doing, buddy? Oh, I am sore as shit. If you listen to DWI, you'll you'll know why from having to move for a day and a half. So uh, oh. I'm just excited to actually be able to sit down. So ah, man, that's no fun. Yeah. And uh, speaking of DWI, one of your two other partners in crime on that show is here today, returning again. Uh, for the second week in a row, man, it's almost a habit now. The one and only, the commissioner of, I don't remember how it all goes. You guys have got that wired down. The United I, States. Thank you. Thank the you. Americas. Oh, sorry. That's just a reaction when he, when he says that. I do that. But hey, I just want to thank DPP for not asking me to help with all the moving. I really appreciate that. So that is the one and only PC Tunney right there, folks. And uh, we got a couple of special guest stars here on the show today, returning to the show after, I don't know, when was the last time Chris was on here? But it's the the one and only, the man, the voice of ChairShot Radio, ChairShot.com, the one and only Mr. Velvet Pipes, the only partially sober right now, Christopher Platt. And we're greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen, and we are working on that partially as we speak. Stay tuned. And uh, because of some of these things we're going to be talking about today, my lovely wife has decided that she wanted to pop in and uh, and review a few things and talk about a few things that we are going to get into right now. So let's let's get into it. Let's not beat around the bush. Um, at, you know, as shitty as a year as 2020 has been, guys, and we keep saying it can't get worse. And then the year keeps surprising us by getting worse. And as far as. uh Nerd culture and just, well, I wouldn't even say that, just as far as humanity goes. We had a big loss on Friday evening when we got news that Chadwick Boseman, the star of Black Panther, 43 years old, passes away from colon cancer. Uh, No one knew he had this. It wasn't publicized. You would never know it from watching his performances. We learned that he had colon cancer the whole time while he was doing things like Black Panther, like uh, 42 uh, like some of the other stuff he was doing. So it's a tragic loss. I mean, a massive loss, just a, a great guy. I know that Chris, you know, had requested, we were joking off air, but Chris had requested to come on the show because I know he wants to talk about it. Obviously, it, it has a big meaning to, uh, you know, anybody of the, anybody African-American as well as everybody else. But Chris, your thoughts on this shocking loss that just kind of hit us all out of nowhere. Well, you know, Dave, uh, when the news broke late Friday night, I, I did ask you guys if I could come on to the show. And obviously you all obliged. And I, I really do appreciate that. Seriously. I wanted and you on anyway, man. So that's know. fair. That's fair. But 
ever since the news broke, man, and, and since I made that request, I've been really struggling for the words because it's just it, it came so much out of left field because, as you you pointed out, none of us really knew anything about this. And, you know, the funny thing, well, I guess funny is probably not the best word, but I had seen a picture of him a few months ago and I saw that he looked hella skinny and I didn't think anything of it. I'm thinking, you know, it's Hollywood. Maybe he stopped eating meat or he was on a juice cleanse or some shit like that. But this was a a guy who, I mean, was extremely talented. There's even, you know, we even make jokes in the black community in regards of whenever there's going to be a biopic, you know, we're going to ring up Chadwick. He can play them all. He's played Jackie Robinson, James Brown, light-skinned-ass Thurgood Marshall. Like, we used to, you know, it's, it's, it's a joke. It's a thing we do. But this guy, I feel like his career was really just getting started, and he was that next wave of great black actors that were taking the reins from the Denzels and the the Jeffrey Wrights and the Don Cheadles and there's others I could name but the point I'm just trying to make is that he was the next wave of great black actors and I really feel like he they were also positioning him considering the climate and you know what we're dealing with right now in this country they were probably going to position him to be the next Robert Downey Jr. In the Marvel movies, because, you know, the MCU that Tony Stark's Robert Downey character was the anchor of all the movies. And I feel like he was probably going to be in that position in some shape, form and fashion. And again, man, I'm just kind of struggling for, for, for words, man. I wanted to come on and talk about this, but I really don't know what to say. It's just such a tragic loss. And the fact that it just comes out of left field and. 2020 is a melon farmer, y'all. Like, yeah, it, every time we think it can't get worse. 2020 says hold my beer yeah exactly yeah it's it's uh i mean like you put out that great tweet friday night that just said okay 2020 you win and i thought that was one of the more appropriate tweets i saw that night because it's just like yeah i mean this year just continues just to i mean what was that episode we did a pot is war get missed it yeah 2020 is misting all of us this year i mean it's just it's just bad uh PC, what do you what are your thoughts on on uh, Chadwick Boseman's untimely passing? I the big thing for me is what what Chris brought up is he was he was an he was one of the great actors of his generation, regardless of race or, or whatever. I mean, he he was playing all the important roles. You know, I brought it up yesterday on uh, DWI. He was a great human being as well. People looked up to him. He got along with everybody, right? I mean, and obviously you know, someone that people could look at as and aspire to be like, right? I mean, just his talent as an actor was, was I don't know, un, you know, no one was better. Maybe few could match it, but there's really not much more to add than what Chris said. I mean, it's too bad because I think selfishly as fans of what he did, we were really looking forward to what he could continue to do and what was next for him. And unfortunately, not only was that taken away from him, but that was taken away from us. And, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to his family and close friends. And, and you know, he'll be missed. That's definitely for sure. Yeah, um, that that's for sure. DP, uh, what are your thoughts on this whole tragedy? Yeah, it just there's not much else that, you know, I could say different than what you guys said. It, you know, just everything that he did. And he could play all those different characters. And the fact that this guy was basically doing this while having colon cancer and not complaining about it, not even telling anybody about it and still getting the job done and just putting that smile on his face and entertaining everybody. And just was just that kind of guy, that spirit that he had that everybody loved and could love him. And 
like you said, Chris, I think, you know, could have was, you know, in that position to be the face of kind of Marvel moving forward in the next iteration of their storylines here, being one of the top guys that's in there, you know, taking over for Tony Stark's character. He had, he just had such a spirit about him that he was so likable and was so entertaining and yeah, just amazing human. And for the fact that he could do this while having colon cancer and, and not putting that at the forefront of like, reasons for faults or reasons for anything else is just unbelievably amazing. Like didn't complain about it at all. That's, I mean, I don't even know what you say about that. Yeah. Not much. You, uh, you I mean, you guys have said it all, uh, babe, what do you, what are your thoughts on this thing? I don't want to not give you the forum here. Uh, what an exceptional human being he was and what a loss, not only to the MCU, but just to humanity. Just to, we needed more people like him in the world and in the public eye. So, yeah, as you can tell, it, it bothers my wife greatly. So, um, you know, that that's it's rough. But I, I guess, you know, we've got to go and talk about, you know, this is a nerd-based show. And Chris kind of brought it up that Chadwick might have been positioned to kind of take over the MCU from Robert Downey Jr. Um, and, you know... Shout out to our friend, Big Rick. He was actually texting me this morning saying, what do I think's going to happen with the whole Black Panther franchise? Because I, I don't I don't foresee the franchise going away. There's too many things that they need to do with the, with Wakanda. You know, Wakanda forever isn't just a a, a a statement from the MCU. It's kind of like a a rallying cry in many ways and, and if in, in a way of thinking, you know. And I don't think that goes away. And and they had a lot of stuff they were going to do. There was rumors that they were going to bring in uh, Namor, the Submariner, in Black Panther two. You know that they've got plans for that. The question now becomes, where do we go? You can't replace Chadwick Boseman. So I think T'Challa's character is gone. Um, I I don't think that they would want to try to bring anybody in to do that. However, there are options. The ones I wanted to run by you guys and see what you think they're going to do as far as where they go with Black Panther. Uh, the one that I hear most talked about that makes the most sense to me is turning Shuri into the new Black Panther. That would kind of follow what they've done in the comics in the past. Um, you know, there are multiple Black Panthers. It wasn't just T'Challa. The other thing I speculated was maybe they figure out a way to bring Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger in to kind of take the mantle. Like they kill off T'Challa somehow and Killmonger takes over for him and he runs as the new Black Panther. Either option would probably work because Michael B. Jordan can be a hell of a strong character. I don't know if he can match Chadwick, but it's either him, Denzel, or Idris Elba are the ones I look at and say, okay, maybe they could take the mantle and run. Uh, those are the what ones about, that, Go ahead, Tony. What about his long-lost brother who's in the cologne industry, um, Sex Panther? <laughs> well, 60% of the time it works every time, but I'm not sure it's going to work so well in the MCU, but... And, and there's only a 50-50 chance of that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so what? But, do you, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I, I apologize, man. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you brought this up because I've been thinking about this a lot. And I don't mean to be crass. And if it comes across as crass, I, you know, I do apologize because I, I know there was a publication that put out that article who could be the next Black Panther. And they, they received a little bit of backlash. But. Dave, I actually think they are going to try to replace uh, Chadwick because it's Hollywood. 
that movie made a gazillion dollars and it's Hollywood. But the thing that I come up with and you keep coming up with is the people that could pop possibly step into that role are either too old, like a Wesley Snipes or an Idris Elba, or they were already in the movie. Like uh, Michael B. Jordan or um, uh, Winston Duke, the guy that played um, uh, M'Baku, or even the brother from Get Out, uh, Daniel Coulier. I hope I'm saying his name right. I apologize. Daniel so Coulier? a couple. Thank you. This, shut up, man. <laughs> Cut it out, okay? <laughs> but um, and, and some of the names that I thought about were uh, like J- Jesse T. Usher. He's the guy that's uh that plays um on the boys. What's what what's the character he plays on the boys? Oh, uh, A Train. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh no, Mother's Milk. Yeah, yeah. There's no, two. No, no, there's no, more than no, one. There's more than one black guy on the show, Chris. You got to that, be more that's specific. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, he plays. Um, he plays A Train, and Hollywood seems to be trying to give him a push because he was in that uh, Independence Day sequel as Will and Vivica Fox's son. He was in that new Shaft that came out, you know, a little bit ago. I, I, I can see them doing that. I could also see some backlash from that because he's light skinned. So I, I can see some backlash there. Another I name remember, I'd like to throw at you guys. What, what was what was the um, series on HBO with The Rock? Ballers. Ballers. Who was the who's the gentleman there? Was the wide receiver, and then he was also in the other the Black Klansman. Are you talking about Denzel's son? Is that is that his son? I'll have to look yeah, and see. Was, yeah, the the lead of Black Klansman was Denzel's son. Uh, but another name I want to throw out there is um, John Boyea, the, the the brother that was in the the latest Star Wars franchise. He's a he's a good yeah. actor. Oh, Finn. Yeah, John John David John David Washington. Yeah, that that's yeah. a good. I hadn't thought about that, but that might work. That's uh, he's got that ra- Idris Idris. They can't use him because he's already Heimdall in uh in the Thor stuff. So you couldn't yeah, use right, him. Yeah, uh, right. But same thing with Marshala because he's. He's played, you know, he's he's gonna be Blade, so you can't use him either. That's another one that would be, you know, good in that role, but you yeah. can't do that. Yeah, I mean, they're gonna. It'll be, it'll be. I mean, it's not like where you know they they replaced War Machine or Iron Iron Patriot, and they went from, I guess, Terrence. I forget his name, but they went Terrence from, Howard. Yeah, Terrence Howard to Don Cheadle. You know, okay, this is a much more focal character, a huge character in the MCU that I'm not sure how they how they replace it they're going to though he black panther is just too integral a character to wherever marvel wants to go that they can't not do anything you know they've got to do something um as to what they do i I don't envy them you know they're they are in a no-win situation with whatever they do here but um i know patrick had sent out a a a copied us with something i guess they're showing black panther tonight dp is that what they're doing commercial free yeah commercial free uh Black Panther on ABC, what they're doing. Um, so okay. that's kind of a nice little thing to do for that for him. And then they're doing a uh, some kind of thing afterwards as well, doing a kind of celebrating the life of Chadwick Boseman uh, right after they play it. Right, and and I'd suggested this in the uh, in the in our chat, but I think the nerd review this week we're all going to review Black Panther and and summarize it. I, I think reviewing it now. With everything going on in the world, including Chadwick's untimely passing, um, probably a good time to go back and watch that movie and see what see what it means to you now. Because it it, it mean it meant a lot of different things to a lot of different people when it first came out. Now it probably is going to mean something 
different to a lot of different people this time around. And I thought, you know, it's it's a good tribute to Chadwick to review that movie right now with everything else going on in the world. And I'm, you know, like Patrick was fine with it. DP, I'm assuming you're okay with that idea. Yes, sir. Thumbs up. I got no problem <laughs> suggesting not only a Marvel movie, but a movie as great as Black Panther. Right. I, I'm, I'm not going to say no to that. Right. I mean, and, and when it first came out, I mean, I, I've said it like before, like Black Panther was just this transcendent movie because... You know what? I, I, not to sound stereotypical or cliche or anything like that, but most of these comic book movies, you didn't have a, a heavy African American, you know, audience there. But Black Panther flipped the script where, you know, it's 60, 75% of the theater was, you know, African American. They all came out because it was like something that, that connected with them. You know, I, I mean, a superhero character and all that culture and everything like that, it, it was, it was awesome to see that. And, you know, that's going to Chadwick's legacy will live on in that respect and how it really created a, a lot of, um, you know, it brought awareness to like some aspects of underrepresentation in Hollywood. And that brought that to the forefront and they're rapidly moving in the direction of remedying that. So I think, yeah, rewatching Black Panther right now is, is the perfect time to do that. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on on you know, the original movie or, or your hopes for the future or anything like that you want to discuss? Well, Dave, it's, it's not just comic book movies. It's just, it's really movies in general, man. And I'm, I'm really big on the statement that representation matters. And every child, regardless of race, color, or creed, deserves to see people that look like them in entertainment and movies and television shows ripping shit up and tearing it up and being the hero. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's something you guys, you know, something you especially don't get, you know, in the black community. I think is you don't have a lot of those options, you know, especially nowadays, and especially with the superheroes, and which is what's the biggest thing, you know, in the country right now for movies is being a superhero and all these things, and you don't have a lot of those options. So to if to take that away would be horrible, and you know, to lose a star like that is just, you know, on top of that, even more horrible, but I, I, yeah, I'd hate to see him do anything different and not continue on with this, you know, story because it is a big part of comics and, you know, it's, it's, it's good for the children and and everything like that to have someone like a hero to look up to that you get excited about when you want to go to the movies. So, right. And I mean, you know, because uh, our scope is so limited, man, you know, when it comes to entertainment, it's either some church shit, some drug <laughs> shit, some hood shit, or some gangster shit. Like, that's basically the, the black experience when it comes to entertainment. But like you, like both you guys have pointed out, man, just having a, a hero as a young black child that looks like you, and not just black children, but just children in general, man, just having somebody out there that they could look up to that might not necessarily even look like them. But, you know, like, that's... For me, I don't want to get too deep here, and I'm going to just say this and back off the mic, but the greatest thing about President Obama, in my opinion, is that there were little white children that were alive you know, when he was in office and didn't know that white people could even be president, if that makes sense to you. And that's not a memory that you can erase, you know, regardless of the propaganda and the bullshit they they put out in the media. You can't erase that memory from a child. It was like, well, no, black people can't be inferior because when I, w- I was born, when there was one as a president. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? And I think sure. Black Panther kind of hits that same cultural note. Agreed. Go ahead, babe. I know you want to say something. Um, 
about you know how important it is to to have um, uh, in the superhero world to have have a black character. For me, Black Panther is Batman, Superman level. That Black Black Panther was right there with Superman, Batman, Black Panther. It's like the Holy Trinity now. Yeah, I mean, in that, I mean, they're they're such different characters. But I, I mean, it is. I can see what you're saying as far as like the MCU for sure. I mean, you know, on DC, you look at Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. On Marvel, you think. I don't know, you know, the three guys who kind of faced off against Thanos to me are like the ones. But yeah, when Black Panther returns out of that portal, that was a massive moment. And what I'm wondering is Chadwick had to know that this was coming, Uh, you know, so I would not be surprised to see that he left behind something that may help a lot of people deal with this or may even help the MCU to say something like, you guys have got to continue on with this. This is too important. He was, as far as I know, cognitively and acutely aware of the impact that his portrayal of that character had on the black community. So I can't imagine that a guy in stage three colon cancer or stage four, especially when things probably took a turn for the worse. Like you're saying, Chris, he looked, he looked thin. He looked, uh, you know, almost emaciated to a certain extent, but I wouldn't go that far. He had to know that the end was near. So I got to think that he left something behind that's going to help not just the MCU, but just people in general process this loss. And I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what we get from him in that, in that respect that I'm just guessing I have nothing to base this on, but I figure he left something behind for people to try and to try and push things forward. Well, I guess we can't talk too much more about that. I mean, rest in peace, you know, Wakanda forever. And, um, just a tragic, terrible situation. Let's uh let's switch gears, DP. I know that you and I wanted to get into this thing, and I don't know. Uh, PC and Chris, have you guys watched Umbrella Academy at all? Any of it? I tell you with a thumbs down. I, d- d- am I, I getting tried. slackers over here? Well, they're not regulars, so and Tunny just doesn't give a shit. He's what are you drinking? A Bloody Mary now, Tunny? Yeah, there you go. There's a thumbs. There's a thumbs up. You don't have to drink it. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, ew. Whatever. Like, tomatoes just go buy your are fucking, bad enough. Yeah, go buy your go buy your turkey sausage for your pizza, okay? And put it in your oven for <laughs> air fryer. Okay, it's, it's turkey pepperoni, motherfucker, first and foremost. What's Thank the difference? You. It's turkey. It's not pepperoni. It's not sausage. It's turkey. Try some turkey pepperoni on your pizza. You won't know the difference. I guarantee you. I have real pepperoni. One that your sells intestines, billions of dollars every year. You're... Your intestines will thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I have no intestinal problems there. No buddy. intestinal fortitude. <laughs> so plenty of fortitude. It's more. It's more. It's more testicular than intestinal. Where's Gorilla Monsoon when I need him? We don't know if he needs some more intestinal fortitude. Damn it! <laughs> we actually, we almost blew like a eleven-run lead in high school, and after the game, the coach before we got on the buses. None of you motherfuckers have any testicular fortitude. Thank you, Vince. Yeah, <laughs> it was literally the dude. That's what he said to us. Well, but Dave, I, I tried, man. I tried. I made it through maybe half an episode, and it didn't help that it was late at night and I was laying in bed. It just didn't get me, man. I mean, like the boys, the first 15 minutes of the boys, A-Train runs through the girl. So 
that lets you know exactly what you're in for. So you're either in or out at that point. But Umbrella Academy, Academy it was kind of a slow burn, and it just it, it didn't catch me. I'll try again, but it didn't catch me. All right. Well, it's me, it's DP, and my wife who will be recapping. This was we did the first five episodes of season two. We finished it this uh, this go around episodes six through ten. So. You know, and you guys, I mean, if you hear something on here that interests you, then please, by all means, go back and watch it. Fantastic show. I mean, it's another home run. We haven't had any duds in any of the shows we reviewed from The Mandalorian to The Witcher to Lock and Key to The Boys to now Umbrella Academy. And now The Boys starts up again next weekend. All five shows we've watched home runs, grand slams, all of them. Umbrella Academy, no exception. Uh, Patrick put something on Facebook that he thought season two was better than season one. I absolutely agree with him. I do too. I, I, I enjoyed season two better than season one. It's, um, there's so much going on. Chris is like, I'm out of here. Fuck it. So, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, you got his headphones on. He can hear you. I know. So I, I don't know where you guys want to begin with this thing because there, there's so much that happens and and the central thing that's going on is that it's kind of like the redemption of Vanya. I thought in many ways it, it is, it is really about the redemption of her and, and Ben becoming a surprisingly focal point of her redemption. And then of course, what happens at the very end of this thing where Ben is central to everything, but you know, I just, I want to turn it over to you DP first and then, and then over to my wife because, and then I'll kind of try and bat clean up or something if I can, but you know, I, and I don't know how you process this thing. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, there's so much going on. And 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 yet it seems central to me that Vanya's redemption was a point. Five's conflict with himself. It, it, Hargreaves, you know, uh, the dad. What the hell is his name? Reginald. 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 Okay. Is he an alien? I, I'm guessing alien. he's an alien, maybe. <laughs> uh, DP, your thoughts on, on episodes six through ten. And then we can kind of recap where things ended up and and try and bring this in a, together in a way that people might understand if they, for some ungodly reason, haven't seen it yet, yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually excited to hear uh, Mrs. Unger's uh, opinions on this whole thing because, you know, I know she's watched as well, and and it seems like everybody's on board with season two being greater than season one, and I, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing why you guys think that so much because I'm gonna play the I'll play the devil's advocate and I'll say I don't think season two was as good as season one in the fact that they everything seemed like it was recycled. And we got the whole exact story again, like, oh, another apocalypse is coming. And, oh, guess what? Vanya's at the forefront of it again. And she's the one who causes the apocalypse. And, you know, we kind of go through Ben getting, you know, Klaus's powers, still trying to get stronger and get better at what he's doing. And it seems like that's the same exact thing they were doing in season one. And it just seems like a lot of it was recycled. And then we got... um the, the Swedes came in and we have no idea why they were there. Basically it, it almost seemed because they were going after number five, but then the handler wanted them out of there too. So it was, it was very strange how they fit in, but didn't, they didn't seem to fit in with anything. They kind of just seemed like they were there. It was like, Oh, we needed a replacement for Hazel and Cha-Cha. So let's bring in these Swedes. Um, Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, they were kind of duped. It seemed to me that they were brought in to, to get five, but it's really all, everything was the handler's manipulations, you know, and that sort of thing. Yeah. And yeah. And then we got, you know, kind of at the end here where we get 
um, I'm going to forget uh, Harlan. Was that the, that was the kid, right? Yeah, the Harlan, kid, right. Uh, the autistic child uh, that was Sissy's kid. Um, kind of, you, you kind of saw that coming in a sense that when Vanya saved him from drowning, it seemed like he, you know, got a little bit of Vanya's powers, and then you see it at the end, you know, when he's in the barn and getting that kind of. That was pretty cool. The whole whirlwind thing of of his powers out of control because he can't control it being um, an autistic child. Uh, and then I, I do the best part about it, honestly, for me um, was two things was five going to meet his older self and that interaction of like, oh, if you meet yourself, you're going to have these. I forget. Was it five things that are going to happen? And you can see seven, 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 was it seven sweating and gassy and all that stuff was, yeah i thought it was hilarious <laughs> itching. Uh, it was pretty cool <laughs> itching rash. And, yeah and itching yeah that's right itching and just watching them continually get more and more into those the different you know things <laughs> that was fun um and then the end the, the total ending um you know i i wanted to actually read the comics as well so i was wondering if they were going to tie it in or you know, because sometimes it just doesn't follow exactly the same, and and I get it, and that's fine. But they did tie in some of the stuff at the end there with Targreaves, you know, kind of coming out. It looks like he's pretty much an alien, and then the ending, the complete ending there, when you know they they kind of save everything and they come back, and you know Ben kind of sacrifices himself in a sense, like I, my purpose is done here by saving Vanya, and then. When everybody comes back to the current timeline of 2019 or whatever that was right after the first apocalypse. And there's another group of Academy and what's going on. And we don't know. And now we kind of get a whole new story. The Sparrow Academy, huh? Yeah. Go ahead, Platt. Yeah, just real quick, and I just say something, man, about the autistic kid. Uh, that's pretty spot on in real life. Autistic people do have superhuman strength. So you can make fun of autistic people all you want, but when you get that sling blade ass kicking on your ass, you think twice next time. I just had to throw that out there. Yeah. Well, and, you know, in that same scene, too, when basically all of the – they brought in all of the – I don't know. I forget what you call them. The, the whole commission, basically, and all the – uh, suitcases and everything were all there in that field and they all got wiped out. So what does that mean too? Is there any more still available? Is that going to be part of the story going forward? Cause in a sense, the whole commission was wiped out. So the, all the time travelers are gone. So I don't know what they're going to do there either. And that was, that was the end of the, the graphic novels as well. So there's no continuation of the story in the comics just yet either. So this is all, ending at the same time with the, in the same place yeah which is really kind of cool are they writing anymore for umbrella academy they're, yeah he's they're writing some more uh gabriel way uh is writing more gerard but gerard 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 way jeez gabriel yeah. gerard, gerard way stupid americans <laughs> <Too many. laughs> it's the black parade you know that's you know this is how this is how dan disappears We'll just start coming up with my chemical romance lyrics and shit like that. But, so. it was, yeah. <laughs> but it was funny, like for the story in the movie or the movies that, you know, uh, season two didn't necessarily touch on like the third volume of the comics. 
with the exception of the ending of adding, you know, the second group that came up out of nowhere, the entire, basically the entire volume of comics they didn't touch on yet. So I don't know if they're going to use that in the future or not, but they'd still have some stuff they could pull from the comics if they wanted to. Yeah. I'm guessing they're going to go in that direction. All right, babe, Dan wants to hear what you thought of season two. Oh, I loved it. And here we go. Okay. Well, I loved it. All right. First up, I want to say probably my favorite angle of season two was uh, Klaus and Ben. Um, In season one, I thought Klaus was, you know, he's a lovable asshole, but he was still really an asshole. This uh, season, Klaus was a little softer, a little kinder, a little more lovable. Um, but I really loved the bringing Ben to the forefront and the role Ben played um, in saving the family, saving Vanya, and how how he was absolutely still needed and played the most important part in saving the world. Um, Vanya, her redemption story, I think, yes, it's recycled, but at the same time, how many times do we recycle the same scenarios in our own life before we freaking get it right? Before we learn, before we figure out we have to do things different or go about something differently in order to get out of the same cycle or damaging behavior in our own lives to, to get on a better path. So I liked that. And, and the fact that Ben is the one who made that happen. He did what no one else could do. And it was on a, it was on a spiritual level. It wasn't in a physical level. It was on the spiritual level that, that, that was done was really cool. Um, Sparrow Academy, uh, <laughs> Ben's picture is over the mantle <laughs> and then there's Ben standing there looking kind of weird. Yeah. And Who are like, these assholes? <laughs> yeah. Looking right? like an that asshole. Like, Oh, <laughs> so that should be interesting. <laughs> That's what and I have to say. Did you notice one of the, one of the characters is like a, basically like a floating cube too. It's not a human. There's a there's a floating cube as one of the seven there. If you if you look real closely, you can see them. Okay. I didn't look that close. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, I, think... I, I wondered because I saw it in the comics. They had one, and I'm like, oh, and I didn't notice it when I first saw. You know, when I had to go back, I'm like, well, wait, wonder if they did the same thing. And yeah, you could see them. That one of them is just like this floating cube. So who, I don't know where that comes from or what. But... Totally, Mr. Hargraves is an alien. Well, yeah, that explains everything weird about him and the whole. Okay, and I want to know how mother died. Yeah, they there's a lot of questions that aren't answered at the end of this thing. What happens to Grace? How does she turn into a robot? Because she's clearly there at the end in her robotic capacity. Um, What happens to Lila? Lila, I mean, I skipped out. But, you know, (laughs) at the end, she seems to be aligned, you know, with them that she realizes her mother or her mother air quoting mother was the one who kind of ordered the hit on her real parents. Uh, Lila's got a power set. That's um, man. It's almost like taskmaster on super steroids where she just can take any power that the other ones throw at them and, and turn it back on them. The stuff she does with Allison where she re- reverse rumored her and Luther saved her. Uh, that was great. Platt, you would like parts of a lot of episodes, season two because it's right there in the week leading into the Kennedy assassination. So the civil rights movement is front and center in a lot of this stuff and just the injustices against black people that were going on then and, and how 
Allison's a character who can basically make you do whatever she wants by saying, I heard a rumor. And so, you know, I heard a rumor that you, you know, let my husband try on any suit yeah, he wants. Right. Like her husband goes into a, a, a white tailor, right? And they're like, get the hell out of here. She says, I heard a rumor you uh, let my husband try on whatever he wants. And then they're just falling. It's like pretty woman in reverse where they were in the shop waiting on her hand and foot. Now they're doing it to her husband. So that's really cool. There's a lot of great moments. I do wonder what happened to Lila, where she ends up in this whole thing. Um, you know, Ben goes into the light when he saves Vanya. And, and, you know, that seems to be that's his ticket to heaven. And Klaus kind of, admit, you know, talks to Vanya about that. But now he's back and he's alive. We never really know how Ben dies. Just that, you know, Hargreaves thought that he the group fucked up and he ended up dead. So at the end of all this thing, Vanya is OK. She's not the cause of the apocalypse. She probably in many ways prevents the apocalypse. Kennedy still gets assassinated. Uh, they avoid nuclear Armageddon. They're back in the in 2019. Five is still wearing those cute socks and culottes. And, uh, you know, <laughs> the culottes and cute socks. And uh, now you've got this new group, a new group of seven. And and now it, it just it, it makes you think, I mean, OK, what is season three possibly got in store for us? Love the show. I, 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 I know I, I get it, DP. They did recycle the same like crescendoing moment that they were going for, which is we're going in this direction. This is where we want to go. It's all about avoiding the the apocalypse. Okay, well, you did that in season one, but I think they took a different approach to this this time, and it wasn't, you know, they kind of pulled the curtain back. It wasn't like the last episode was all about preventing the apocalypse. It's like, you know, how do we prevent the commission? Vanya getting control of her, and I I made the joke that she's Dark Phoenix, but she is fucking Dark Phoenix. You know, it, you cannot avoid the comparison. Her That is Dark Phoenix, especially when she Phoenixes out, you know, that sort of thing. So I love season two. Really looking forward to seeing what happens in season three. Hopefully they film it soon before five starts getting any older. You know, he can grows out of the yeah. crowd is out of his clothes. I think Patrick mentioned that last week. That's but hilarious. What's up, babe? Hey, I just want to give hands up and a little applaud for Herb for making interim director. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're oh, upsetting Herb. the dogs. You're upsetting the dogs. They're growling oh, at little Herb. Good old little Herb. So- Dave, you know I love you, man, but you don't just have to uh, bring me in when in regards to black shit. You you do realize I'm a nerd like the rest of you, I right? Know. It's like, and now for the black for the bliggity black perspective, we're bringing <laughs> in our black reporter, and then I just come trotting in. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. <laughs> hey, that reminds me of Bugs Bunny when the wasn't it the frog in the box that came out and did that? I love that part. What? <laughs> yes, I loved that. I loved that when they showed that one. I love that frog. Well, Platt, you're the only one I can run by any of this stuff. You know, you're the you're That's the only fair, you're man. the only one with intelligence out of well, other than the scientist, of course. And my wife. I was about to say he is a scientist. And my and wife. Me wife. and me and Tunny. Oh, yeah. Me and Tunny are the Don't morons. Play your lovely wife. Me and Tunny are the morons <laughs> of this group. So he's here with his hands up. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh, maybe so, we should bring a little leslie chow out at that moment too <laughs> mr chow 
Uh, any <laughs> any final thoughts on Umbrella Academy season two before we put it in the rearview mirror and gear up for the boys season two, wow. which is coming up? I was not knowing where you were going with that statement. We're not taking anything in the rear. I'm just saying, you know, the rear. Yeah. Yeah. sex in a very uncomfortable place. Yes, oh, thank you. Hey, did, okay, is it me yeah, or does everybody know how a Volkswagen smells? Like, like the VWs of the seventies. Does everybody know how that smells? Dave, if you fairly, figure it out, fairly me certain know. I could guess. If I figure it out, I'll let you know. Okay. How a Volkswagen <laughs> smells? No, I don't. I don't remember how a Volkswagen. Okay, smells. I, it, very distinct. I can smell it now. All right. Anyway, Dave, if you figure out how to get it done, let me know. If I figure out how to get it done, I'll let you know, man. Please. Hey, can we, we make this the, the next yeah. assignment for next week? <laughs> to go smell a seventies Volkswagen? No, <laughs> sex in the back. I was, oh shit. Yeah. In the oh, back of a Volkswagen? Yeah. Yes. Oh, fuck. That's all right. Couples assignment. Couples assignment. That's right. I, I work hard and I and I make, you know, a six-figure income to go and have sex in the back of a Volkswagen. That Hell makes yeah. no sense. Yes, it does. Anyone it's called adventure. A <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I so feel like you're interested in this Volkswagen making straight gas mileage. It has air <laughs> conditioning. Oh, no, none of that's important. I just need the back seats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like Kayleen and I are the only ones that are picking up on the metaphor here. Are, are, are you I guys not on the same page? Or, where, where we at here? I get where it. I get it, Platt. But if I if I give her an inch, she'll take it a mile. I'll you know take how? all the inches. She'll, she'll take all the inches. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So any final thoughts on Umbrella Academy season two, guys? Other than Platt and Tunny because they didn't see it and don't give a shit. But the other. <laughs> I, I do. I, I do have final thoughts, man. This sounds like Charlie Brown when he's talking to adults. Wah, 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 <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, I, said, DP. I, didn't, I didn't hate it. I know I said the knocking on it a bit. It's not like I hated it. I just thought, you know, a lot of it was was recycled part of stories. And I thought they made uh, number one look pretty stupid. Like they amped up the, the yeah. idiot. Yeah. He was a- of him. He was a and, wuss uh, the entire season, uh, man. I felt sorry yeah. for Luther the whole time. The only, yeah. the only meaningful thing he does is save Allison at the end. That's it. Right. That's a whole yeah, season just that's like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still yeah, it was, I'm not saying it was bad. <laughs> I'm still crying for Luther. He went way too soon. Wait a second. We're not talking about Vandross, are we? No. Different <laughs> Luther. Different Luther. <laughs> no, Luther right. Vandross would have been an improvement over Luther from Umbrella Academy. So <laughs> yeah. well, it's, it, it's never too much, you know. <laughs> nice <laughs> <laughs> babe you got any final thoughts on season two i just put an ice cube in my mouth all right you know again too much information for these guys Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it folks umbrella academy season two in the books i guess dp this week what the fourth when is the fourth what is what day is the fourth friday friday, friday. So Friday, the boys season two. What is it? The first three episodes drops Friday. So I guess we will be reviewing the first three episodes of the boys season two. Platt, you saw season one, didn't you? I did. That show was completely fucked up, but I couldn't turn away. Right? <laughs> Train wreck. <laughs> yeah. Every episode. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. yeah. That's right. PC, did you watch the boys? No. All right. It makes you question your own moral compass sitting there watching it. 
intently. I tell you, there was a moment uh, in the last. I'm well aware of my moral compass. It's way <laughs> fucked up. But there was a moment in um, in Umbrella Academy season two where at the end I was like, boy, they should could sure use uh, Homelander to show up right about now and fuck people up. Oh, oh, they got Vanya. Never mind. So, um, <laughs> yeah, boys season two premiere. What do you guys any any expectations? And Platt, you can be in on this conversation too. It's not exclusively a black thing. It's all of us, all inclusive. No, you, you, you're gonna ask me. You're gonna ask me my opinion. I want your A train. Yeah, uh, does A train gets his legs back? How does that work? No. What are you guys looking forward to the most in these first few episodes, if anything? I mean, I'll I'll start with just the 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 trailer that we got to see during Comic Con at home of <laughs> of them. Basically running through a gigantic whale in the ocean there, wherever they were in. Uh, I that fact that they showed that that was the first thing you got to see. I mean, that is so wrong. The amount of of chaos that we're probably going to get in season two is going to trump what we saw in season one. Which I think we're going to need therapy. Almost impossible to think of. (laughs) We might need therapy. Platt, what are you? uh, What are your thoughts on uh, where we're going with season two here? I need therapy as well, but that's obviously not where we're going. Does Amber know this? Yes. Oh, I'm sure she's aware. <laughs> she yes, probably she, suggested yes. it. You're both right, actually. <laughs> hey, that's a shoot. You're both right. We but, established uh, Wednesday that uh, she had to watch out for Pat Oswalt. That was that was what we had to establish. <laughs> yeah, that's the best title you guys could come up with. I'm not there for one week, and it's Pat and Oswalt. And he didn't yeah. even he didn't even like it or retweet it. Yeah, <laughs> I was disappointed that. Yeah, I thought I was going to start to have Twitter beef with Pat Oswalt, which I like Pat Oswalt. He's a talented comedian. But I, I thought that was going to happen. That was actually my goal. But, I mean, but the boys, man, number one, the premise is fascinating. I mean, basically the premise is what if Superman was a sociopath? So that's just fascinating in and of itself. And it's a crazy show. And the funny thing is, when once I started watching the show, I, I went back and I did some research about the uh, the graphic novels that the show was based on. And if you think the show is crazy as cat shit, the actual graphic novel is that times a million <laughs> you know what i mean like there's only so much they could do on a show but yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it because they 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 did set up a few face turns with a train and they tried to redeem the um what's the aquaman guy's character uh the I, I forgot his name the deep. yeah they, i'm they, interested they, to see yeah. where that one's going straight down yeah. the shitter that's where that one's going <laughs> hey yeah but uh yeah i think they're trying to redeem those characters and they're gonna have some face turns and I'm here for it. I saw the trailer too, and it was WTF, just like the 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 rest of the show. So I'm here to see what they got. It's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to it. And then once the boys are done, DP, we might be getting closer to Mandalorian. Maybe you know, bringing that back for season two. I think so. Tony's happy so. about that, that one. October. Oh, yeah. I thought it was October, October. but who knows? October. You know. With this fucking pandemic. Speaking of the pandemic, uh, we did get a couple of new releases this week. Um, you talked about it. New Mutants and Bill and Ted Face the Music came out this week. Uh, Stop before you go there. You know, <laughs> she's good. Someone uh, didn't like it, huh? Uh, well, was it that bad? So first off, anybody seen? Did anybody brave the movie theaters to go see New Mutants? Hell no. Negative. Uh, reviews are not good. 
and, and and no reason to go and do that. However, Bill and Ted was much more accessible, and it did come out on a video on demand. And I did buy the Bill and Ted three pack. You know, the first Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Bogus Journey, and Bill and Ted Face the Music. And we did watch Bill and Ted Face the Music last night. Did anybody else watch this movie? DP hasn't got to it yet. All right, my wife's. But I thought I saw that was there was you could. Basically, was it rental rented for twenty bucks? Right, is that what the rental price is? I heard, yeah, I think so that much? or buy it for twenty five. So How much th- was it for twenty bucks? Thank you to rent it for <laughs> twenty bucks. Shout out to bo- shout out to Boogie Nights. <laughs> but we bought all three for like thirty five bucks because I was like, well, for ten bucks more, you can get the first two. I know those two are, are good movies. Um, mm-hmm. The third one, not so much. No, really? and, not, and, not really. at all. Not worth it's, spending any money on. Uh, not even on the I, nostalgia side of the game and the callbacks to the previous movies. For the nostalgia, maybe, but it's just, it's just not good. I mean, out of respect for the franchise, like I would give it two and a half out of five if we were doing it on the on the bandwagon nerds thing. It's just. There's problems with it. Keanu Reeves does not look like Keanu Reeves. Like they almost intentionally tried to make him look older. I was like, that does not look like John Wick. That looks like a fucked up, too much makeup version of Keanu Reeves. Alex Winter looks fine. And the stuff with their daughters, they they do capture some elements of the original one where the daughters are going back in time getting historical musicians to help make this fantastic song. So the stuff with Jimi Hendrix and Louis Armstrong is great. And then they kind of get Mozart and then they kind of go off the rails it's like, why didn't you go back and get like fucking Neil Pert as your drummer or something instead of this one person who's from from the caveman times? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, what the <laughs> fuck are we doing here? Um, the stuff they bring back, Death, you know, who's been alienated from the band because there was a falling out with Wild Stallions, and it's just, <laughs> I, it's just, I didn't feel it. I just didn't feel it, guys. I, I, I hate to say that. I just did not feel the movie at all. It's okay. That's the only thing I can say about it. It's okay. I will never watch it again. Yeah. My wife did not dig it. It's um it was very disappointing. I, I that's all I can say. I don't want to give away too much. I know this is not a spoiler-free show, but uh, I just the way the way you're putting it, you might as well go ahead and spoil it cuz I'm not watching it until I can see it for free now. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Keep that 20 in my pocket. Yeah. Yeah, there's not much. Totally. Really, there's not much to really spoil. I mean, they haven't made this uh, this epic song that's going to save the world, and they've got don't like they go to the, seventy seven minutes to, to do to, it. It's lame. They have to go to the future, right, to get the song or something. Right, like they that. try to get it from themselves. How's it <clears> stealing? <throat> if we're stealing from ourselves, dude, it doesn't work anymore. There's this whole thing. It, it was like it was cool in 1989, but now looking at these older guys who are still fucked up, uh, trying to basically rip off themselves and it just doesn't work it doesn't it doesn't resonate it just doesn't connect did you notice they live in nice homes i'm sorry what are they doing still their 17 18 year old selves that they have these beautiful nice homes in san dimas it's got to be the princesses so but i will say next time i'm down in that wealth yeah down (laughs) next time i'm down in that area i am going to look for mp46 MP46 is where the song that unites the cosmos is created. But uh, yeah, not good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really, really wanted to like it. I'm curious to see what, you know, what Patrick might think of it uh, when, when he, we get him back on the show. 
just didn't dig the movie. Let's just head and back I, over to John Wick. Yeah, let's go back to John Wick. So anyway, that's all I can say about about Bill and Ted Face the Music. Just disappointed, guys. Didn't want to be, but I was. Unlike the old guard, you know, we reviewed the old guard this week on on uh, the nerd review. That was really good. I really enjoyed that one. DP, what do you think of the old guard? I was, I thought it was average. I was, I was right in the middle with that one. Um, I, I like the story idea. I, I really think they got something cool there, and they can do some cool things because obviously this seems like a a trilogy or whatever it's going to end up being because it's it is comic book based, which I, I guess I didn't realize when I first watched it, but. Uh, some of the stuff that they did in this first movie was a lot of just that same stuff you see in other movies with like, Oh, the, you know, one of the guys in your group turns on you and you, Oh, what a surprise. And then the guy who was kind of chasing it down, changes his mind at the end. And I, that kind of stuff didn't really work for me, but the, the premise of it was really awesome. And I think they have a really good story that they can build on there. So I liked it. I, I mean, I thought, it was definitely good enough, good enough to watch for sure. Right in the kind of right in the middle for me. I think I gave it three stars or three out of five, honestly. But I, I, I'm actually more looking forward to the next one if they do continue this and, and do another one. Yeah, better than Project Power, that's for sure. I thought so. Oh God. Um, oh, and you know, it, and DP, you know who liked Project Power and messaged me like on? Go ahead. The general. Oh, Satchel McFlippins. Oh, okay. Damn it. I figured the general because he likes every movie. <laughs> your inner circle of friends has the most colorful names yeah. of anybody satchel mcflippins <laughs> and the general the general man before we, all true yeah i mean I, old guards based on image comics and and i'm a i'm a huge mark for image comics so i that's why i liked it so much before we take a commercial break and move into the last segment of the show uh patrick did share something earlier this week i wanted to ask you guys the the sanity of doing this so it looks like they're going to remake the stand stephen king's epic novel about a super flu that wipes out 99 percent of the earth's population and they're going to release it in december of 2020 now does anybody see a potential problem with the sanity of releasing a movie based on a global killer pandemic while we are going through a real life pandemic albeit not nearly as lethal as Captain Trips or the super flu or whatever you want to call the disease in the stand. Um, is this one of the dumbest strategic moves of all time or just one of the dumbest strategic moves of all time? I, you know, your options are, what do you guys I think? It's brilliant. Why? I think it's brilliant. <laughs> Why not? Why? If they're going to follow the same storyline and the same premise of what happened before, and they're just going to remake it, you can draw comparisons on because of what we've all gone through now. We're much more adapt. We're much more apt to be able to understand what was happening then now than when we watched it the first time. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say, hey, look, it could be worse. You know, <laughs> you know, COVID's bad, think, but it's not this. I think, a lot, I think parts of the movie will resonate more considering the experiences we've all had for the last six, 12 months, you know, depending on where you are in the world. I'm worried that my wife's and, got Corona right now. She's ha- hacking up a storm. Damn, babe, where's your mask? Fuck. It's anyway. called Stop allergies. smoking all that weed. Yeah, all that Clean California, that California sensimilla. Anyway, go ahead, guys. Six foot distance here. Yeah. Six foot distance. Yeah, stiff arm, stiff armus, stiff armus. Same thing yeah. in my my yeah. Same thing in my household. I can't even clear my throat 
you know, without Amber trying to Lysol my tongue down or whatever the case may be. But my, <laughs> you know, my, my mother, my mother, shut up. My mother, she actually read the book. So then when the TV movie came out, I think, was it ABC? So when the TV movie came out, she was excited about it. And I enjoyed it. I didn't know the source material, obviously, because I hadn't read the book. But maybe we can do it now with actual actors. You know what I mean? Like with with good actors. And I, yeah, I think it yeah. I think it will resonate right now because of the times we're living in. And if they get some good actors to, you know, act out that storyline, I'm here for it. Hold on, Chris. Wasn't Molly Ringwald and John Ritter in the original Stan TV series? <laughs> How can you say they're not real actors? Molly Ringwald. I mean, come on. She was like the yes. queen of the eighties and all that shit. Yes. I don't know why. That movie came out in the nineties, sir. Oh, did it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh D- yeah, her run was done so. yeah dp you got any thoughts on this what what do you what do you think about them releasing the stand at this point in time yeah i don't i never saw the the other one or read the book or anything so i don't know exactly i i know the, the premise obviously i read the synopsis of it i guess so I, but i think it's a perfect time and if it I don't know how it ends or anything like that but if it uh, helps people realize hey this is what you need to do to stop a pandemic and I'm all for it. So well, I opened some eyes to people and like, hey, you know, this is what we got to do to get through it or something. Then bring it on. man. I think it's I think it's fine. I, who cares? It's 20, 2020. Just release whatever the fuck you want. Fuck man. it. Yeah. Let's put it this way. If COVID ends the way that the pandemic ends in the stand, well, we won't be here, you know, because, uh, you know, it's like it it ends after 99 percent of the world's population is wiped out. It's good versus evil, you know, and and they all go to meet what the hell? Mother Abigail. She's a uh, uh, sister. Sister. No, not sister. Abigail. (laughs) Yeah. But mother, mother Abigail. She's like in a in a an, an old black grandmotherly figure in a cornfield in Nebraska. And all the good people go to find her. And then you got Randall Flagg, who's really kind of like Satan, I guess, out in Las Vegas. He, he is Satan. He is Satan. Yeah. He's literally Satan, isn't he? If I'm if I'm not mistaken. He's the walking dude. I always interpreted him as Satan, Platt, but who knows? You know, he could be one of his minions. He could be an archangel. It, it was never really explicitly stated. But yeah, you get these two groups going against each other in this ultimate showdown in the in the what is it the las vegas strip or some shit like that or boulder colorado or they end up in boulder colorado i don't know but yeah i don't know i mean i i i don't i get what you guys are saying i think strategically i don't know if people are going to tune into it because it's too real you know it's like god i'm already living through this shit why do i want to watch this <laughs> you know other than to say well it could be worse you know it could be 99 percent communicable and 99 percent lethal so count your blessings well, we're gluttons for punishment, though, Dave. Well, that's you know what I mean? It's the same reason Then, when you got a toothache, you keep picking at your tooth. You know what I mean? It, it, we're gluttons for punishment. That's true. I want to punish myself. So, babe, can you punish me later? Oh, I was just going to say, can I hey. punish you? Hey, yo. <laughs> hey, yo. Hey, yo. turn here. All right. Yeah. I, I, with all due respect. That exchange was hot as hell. I'm just saying that. She's like, "Ooh, can I punish you?" Yeah, that was hot. <laughs> that that whole exchange, like, I'm 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 here for it. Yes, and if y'all want to start an OnlyFans to watch Kayleen punish Dave, I will subscribe. Yes, or it could be <laughs> maybe I'll let her go into the, into heels on AEW Platt, and then she can do something fun over there, and and you know, safe on her island, that sort of thing. Well, 
But that's punishing her. That's not fun. That's true. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe we can have a uh, private channel. Yeah. You know, on that note, guys, I think it's time to uh, pay some bills, take a commercial break, and, uh, and uh, you know, move on to our final segment of the show. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the ChairShot Radio Network, thechairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. This one goes out to Christopher Platt. ChairShot. Network. I hate that shit. Because that's his that's his that's his stairway to heaven. You know what I mean? That's his magnum opus. Like he he thought he did it with that shit, and it's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if this was any other show but this one, I'd just keep playing it over and over and over again. Go ahead, Tony. You can play it again if it makes you feel better. Oh, I just want to make Platt feel worse. <laughs> Chair shot. Network. Oh, it doesn't get any better than that, does it, Chris? <laughs> Not for me. It can't get much worse for me. I love it. I wish we had video on this thing. This Platt just rolling his eyes, just like, God damn it. This is awful, you know. But it is it is Tony Stairway to Heaven. That is his Bohemian Rhapsody. That is his master of puppets all rolled into one. Sure. Yeah. Get better, Tony. Get better. <laughs> Whatever gets you through the day, guys. <laughs> so I say the last seg- last thing I want to talk about. I did it last time uh, I hosted the show and DP was on and my wife was on. Now we got two other people to talk about this. It's a uh, comic spotlight, kind of taking a focus on a couple of comics characters from uh, the world and kind of discussing them and then got Big Dave's recommendations for newbies out there as to stories to read in the comics and i wanted to take a look this week at two very iconic characters one of them is uh iron man on the marvel side of things and the flash on the dc side of things you guys got a preference as to who to discuss first anybody iron man iron man not just a black sabbath song folks he's a superhero too shit i'm channeling howard cosell now fuck anyway um Come on in here, champ. All right. Okay. You dominated Joe Frazier last night. How did that go for you? Sorry, I had to throw my mind on. <laughs> no, that was that was good. That's good. So Robert Downey Jr. was Iron Man and now he's not. What is going to happen next with the MC? So anyway, uh Iron Man guys, one of the as far as the MCU goes, one of the big three. We were talking about it earlier where where Black Panther maybe a, a was gonna be ascending into that level but as far as the guys facing off against thanos at the end of endgame captain america iron man and thor iron man certainly one of the more iconic characters and and arguably the most icon the most important of the characters in the mcu because he started the whole damn thing and if that first iron man movie flops where do things go we're probably not doing this show we're not certainly not talking about the mcu we're not talking about iron man so a couple of things I want to ask you guys, your thoughts on Iron Man as a character, you know, if you want to draw the distinction between comics 
and and, and movies because he's a much more complex and troubled character in the comics than we ever got to see in the movies. And I think we would all have to agree with that. Uh, but his importance to the MCU and, and now with Robert gone and Tony Stark dusted, essentially, you know, um, where do we go with Iron Man from here? Anybody want to run with this thing? Oh, well, I'll give it a shot. Go um, for it. It's, it's definitely... <sighs> Yeah, I kind of felt like it's definitely two different characters almost from the movies between the comics and the movies because in the he's not necessarily as prominent of the character in the comics as they they decided to do with him in in the movies which is it's fine, you know, that that's kind of what you do. You you pick a good handful of good characters and uh I mean Robert Downey Jr. playing this brash, you know, billionaire you know, who can just kind of create all this different stuff and is just a, I mean, just a home run, perfect idea for this character for the big screen. I think they did a phenomenal job with it. And it's definitely a far cry from the comics. I feel with the whole yellow and red goofy suit kind of thing. You just, he doesn't look <laughs> as much of a badass when it comes to looking at him in the comics and everything. So they definitely did a really good job uh, making that character look great in the movies I feel, you know, I don't know. I kind of feel like they are done with him in the movies. You know, they, they made him, he was the big, he was the guy that held everything together for them. I mean, besides Captain America, he was the guy kind of leading everything throughout this whole initial story of getting to the end of Thanos and, and Endgame. that you can be done with his part of the story and you can bring in some new characters like, you know, how Captain America is passing the torch on, and, you know, you can you don't need an Iron Man, I guess, to move forward. You still have Thor and, and Black Widow and, and those guys. You can kind of bring up some newer characters and start a whole new thing and have someone else in charge, I think, for the most part, because I, I, I think they ran their course with him. He had, you know, three movies, solo movies and, you know, basically was kind of the, the father figure to Spider-Man and you know, led the charge in Avengers. So they've, he's been in plenty of there and you can kind of move on from him. I think in, in the MCU, I would kind of like to see them take a different, different path. But I, I think as far as characters go, I mean, I think they did the best with him out of anybody. Cause they, he was just built so well and just had that great attitude that you just, that guy that you just got under your skin and, and hated, but could just kick the shit out of you with all his technology. Yeah, I mean, Robert Downey Jr., I don't know if they could have... That, that, you know, we've talked about it before that the MCU, what they did right was casting, where DC has had some trouble with this issue. And Marvel got it right was casting. With very few hiccups here and there, they kept the same cast the whole time. I don't think anybody but Robert Downey Jr. could play Tony Stark. And that really made that character so integral. You raise a good point, DP. Tony Stark's done. But could we see Iron Heart? You know, maybe his daughter comes in. There's got to be those suits still laying around. Tony had a lot of those suits laying around. A lot of them were automated. So you got to figure there's going to be Iron Man tech lasting through the rest of the movies. But as to where they go, who knows? Uh, Tony, your, your thoughts on the Iron Man character? I think it's going to be a while before you see something like a reincarnation, like Iron Heart or whatever. But I like the idea that you're continued to see small bits and pieces that 
oh, we went back in this technology, right? Or, or we use this, this type of strategy and things of that nature. Um, you're, you're never not going to have it be within shouting distance, but, in, but the next time it's a main character and it's lineage to Iron Man, I think it's going to be a while. They're going to want you to want that over a period of time before they give it to you. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, but- I don't think, yeah, Stark Industries-wise, uh, yeah, there's definitely got to be all that tech that you guys are talking about still is going to be out there somewhere, right? For sure, yeah. You got to figure Pepper's still the CEO or CFO or whatever of Stark Industries, and she'll still be doing something with that. So the tech will still be there. I, I think Tony's shadow will be cast very largely over the MCU once that starts up again. Whether the Marvel can crawl out of that, compounded by the problem of, of Chadwick's passing, they've got some real challenges to overcome. Uh, Chris, your thoughts on the Iron Man character? I mean, the Iron Man character, Tony Stark's alcoholic genius that has a complex relationship with his dead father. I can relate to that on a lot of levels. Um, <laughs> as far as the uh, the MCU, it's it's funny because, you know, Iron Man was more of an ancillary character in the comic books. I mean, yes, he had his own comic, but I mean, you guys know this. It was Spider-Man, X-Men, and Captain America to a, a lesser extent. But it was really Spider-Man and the X-Men. Those were the tip poles of the whole Marvel comic universe. As far as um, if anybody else could have played Tony Stark, I think that Robert Downey Jr. was perfect for that role. Off the top of my head, the only person that I could think could possibly pull it off would be Brad Pitt. Because he's got that same type of charisma and charm. You know what I mean? I think he might have been able to pull it off. But yeah, Robert was was perfect. I think that they are going to bring back Iron Man in some kind of iteration. Um, obviously, Tony is done, but you know, you brought it up. The you, you guys brought it up. The tech is still there, so there will be some sort of Iron Man. And what's going on with Don Cheadle? Is he done? I mean, War Machine might still be in the the MCU as well, or is is Don done? Don's done too? No, I don't think so. I mean, I haven't heard oh, yeah, anything, but yeah, there. but yeah, he could, I guess, you know, he could start showing up in the Mark 3000 suits or whatever the hell number they are right now. But, but yeah, then what happens to War Machine, you know, and that sort of thing. So, but yeah, you, you raise a good point. I, I don't think they're done with him. You know, Christian, you also make another good point about how Iron Man was an ancillary character in the, in the comics, not at the forefront. Uh, and in the comics, he had, like I said earlier, a very troubled character. And when I give my list of Iron Man stories, a lot of them, most of them actually center around Tony Stark's battles with alcohol and addiction and shit that he had to deal with, which is really prominent in the comics. But obviously, you're not going to make that the center of attention in the movies because, you know, OK, that's going to turn the kids off, that sort of thing. But uh, but before we move into that, babe, your thoughts on Iron Man. I know he's an important character to you. I love Iron Man. He's so cool. He's so awesome. I like Tony Stark. Um, he, he is, he's, he's a guy with problems. And I like that because he's overcome them. He's working to overcome and he continually struggles with those things inside um, to overcome and to do what's right. And, and he's got, the, you know, a big ego and he has to, tamper that down and he's got good people around him to help tamper that down and he does some amazing stuff he's a guy with a good heart that has some issues and i think okay link can, <laughs> I, can I ask you a question yes can I, can I ask you a quick question yeah so as, as, as a woman are you attracted to him because obviously he's got a lot of good qualities but are you attracted to him because in your head you're thinking i can save him no 
No, he's he's a human. He's yes, he's good looking, but that's not what I'm talking about. He's he's a he's a real person with real problems who wants to make a difference, who can make a difference. He's in a position to make a difference. He's not perfect. He's he's like Platt's, a he's like a Batman. Platt's he, saying you only like him because you can fix him. Ain't no man can be fixed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the smartest woman I've ever met in my life. Touche. 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 <laughs> he he's doing he's doing what he can with what he has, and he has a lot. And he, yes, he can be selfish, yes, he can be stubborn, yes, he can be a dick. But in spite of that, he's still helping others. He's doing things for you know the world as a whole. He's stepping out, he's seeing the bigger picture, he's seeing more than himself. That's a win-win. And I feel like Iron Man is actually Tony Stark is actually a decent guy, whereas Batman is a goddamn sociopath. Tony Stark, I think, is yeah. That, but you know, we see more of Tony than we do Bruce. We really see more inside of Tony than we do Bruce. So I don't know that I completely agree with that statement. But in terms of lovability of a person, absolutely, Tony is more lovable. Well, that was the thing with, you know, the Marvel comics as opposed to the DC comics, because the the Marvel comics, they were more based in reality. Like these these were superheroes that had these extraordinary powers and gifts and they wanted to do right. But like you like you brought up, they were still human beings and Mm -hmm. human beings are flawed. Mm, Human beings are fucked up at Mm -hmm. at our core. Whereas with the DC comics, it was these larger than life action figures that, you know what I mean? And and they didn't really dive into the. uh, Yeah, can do no wrong. And they didn't dive into the humanity of the characters. So I I, I get what you're saying. And I agree with you, actually. Yeah. And that's that's a good point. I mean. Tony's funny. I mean, he says a lot of funny things. He yeah. cracks a lot of jokes. He makes you laugh. He makes you smile. Bruce Wayne, whether it's Michael Keaton, whether it's Val Kilmer, whether George Clooney or or Christian Bale or probably who knows what Robert Pattinson's going to do with it. They don't really make you laugh. I mean, there's some funny moments, but those characters are very heavy, grounded. Ben Affleck might have been the funniest Batman of all of them so far, and and that's not saying much. You know, that's I- a low bar, but But yeah, I mean, Marvel brings you in and humanizes their characters much more than DC does. I think we love Tony. We love Tony. I don't think, who loves Bruce? Yeah, I love you 3000. I mean, you can sympathize with Bruce because Mm -hmm. his parents get gunned down and you can say, okay, well, there you go. But uh, yeah, I don't see, I don't think anybody's going to, I love Bruce Wayne. You know, it just doesn't happen. Oh, uh, DP does. DP loves Bruce Wayne. (laughs) But that's why He's Michael Cody with the, the Batman, Batman background. <laughs> Michael Keaton's the best Batman because he was the only one that was able to pull off Bruce Wayne and Batman simultaneously. I love Michael Keaton as Batman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Who was I, better than that? Christian, like, I like Christian Bale, Bale, but that's just me. Actually, seen that in the movie theater. Like I, I liked Ben Affleck as the old, tired, weary Batman on the Danny Glover Lethal Weapon side of the game. I'm too old for this shit, <laughs> Bruce Wayne. But he was a shitty Batman. You know what I mean? <laughs> Christian Bale was a decent Batman besides that horrible voice, but he was a terrible Bruce Wayne. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah I, I think that Michael Keaton has been the best Batman thus far because he could pull off both. He could pull he, off he Bruce had Wayne it rounded out. and Batman. Why are you, yeah. why are you talking why shit about my voice, Platt? You don't like it when I talk like that. 
You wouldn't give it to an ordinary citizen. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why did you say that what name? Say? How do you know that name? Well, that was that was Ben Affleck. That was sorry. I'm not wearing hockey pads. What are you doing? I'm supposed to be intimidated by you. Yeah, you can whoop my ass, but I'm I'm going to try to catch a fair one with you just off the strength of your voice. What are you doing? <laughs> it's a dude in a bat suit with a lisp. Yeah. Yeah, we we gonna go one on one, buddy. <laughs> My favorite's still Pete Holmes, by the way. <laughs> Where's the commissioner? So, where'd he um, go? oh, there you are. Oh, where'd he go? Yeah, I, if you I, haven't I, watched Batman, there you go. Check it out. Oh, it's great. Iron Man, important character in the MCU. Uh, massively important to the first three phases. Don't know what's going to happen with the Iron Man character. Other than I think they will take a hiatus from him in the MCU. Uh, troubled character in the comics, which leads me to Big Dave's recommendations for newbies as to my top Iron Man stories. I got five of them. One are honorable mention. So let me read through. Most of them do deal with Tony's battles against alcoholism and just the shit that he goes through along the way. Um, honorable mention is a story called the Iron Monger Saga. Check that out. Number five is Doom Quest, which is really kind of like the only one that's not so <laughs> heavy. It's like Iron Man and Doctor Doom get sent back in time through mystical ways, and they're fighting with King Arthur, and they're on opposite sides of things. That's a fun one. Uh, number four is Deliverance. That definitely deals with Tony's issues with addiction. Number three is the Armor Wars, which Tony's tech kind of getting out of control. I think like that was where Iron Man 3 was kind of based loosely on that, or maybe... I think so. Uh, number two is a story called Extremists. And, and number one is the probably the best known Iron Man story, Demon in a Bottle. This is where Tony really faces his alcohol addiction. And Stan Lee was really cool about he, he took a different approach than DC was doing. Even the comics is like, like you guys are saying, let's humanize these people. Let's show their flaws. You know, DC did that later on with like some of the Green Arrow stuff where Green Arrow's sidekick is addicted to heroin. But this demon in a bottle story is generally regarded as the greatest Iron Man story arc of all time. And it really deals with Tony's issues coming to terms with his alcoholism and how it's affecting him and everybody around him. And shout out to Christina Aguilera for coming out with a hit song because of that, you know, very story of the Iron Man demon in a bottle. I, I don't remember mm. the lyrics being quite like that, Tony, but I, no? I do. I'm a demon in a bottle. <laughs> Rub me the right way. <laughs> Yeah, See? everybody else knows what I'm talking about. I know Dave. what you're talking about. I'm just, I just, your revisionist history is a little, is a little bit, uh, you know. <laughs> let's be, let's be fair to all the people. It's drunk revisionist history. Oh, uh, hey, instead of rub me the right way, let's poke me the right way. Let's steal a little bit from DWI podcast right now before we move on to the last topic of conversation. What you drinking? That, what are you guys drinking today? Because everybody I, seems I, drunk. <laughs> DP, you gonna play you... the song, DP? No. Oh, you want me to play it? Does you your yes, does yeah, your yeah. external stuff work? There you go. Oh yeah, we're oh, back. Yeah, we're back good. in business. Drink it in, man. Fuck you, I'm drunk. Fuck you, I'm drunk. Pour my beer down the sink. I got more in the trunk. Fuck you, I'm drunk. Fuck you, I'm drunk, and I'm going to be drunk till the next time. There you go. That's epic. That is epic. 
DP, what are you drinking today? Oh, well, I know I don't drink on Sundays. I just have a uh, sparkling ice lemonade here. Oh, oh shut up. Boo this man. Boo this man. Boo that man. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you ever suck dick for coke? I seen him do it. So anyway, uh <laughs> you ever suck dick for ice water? Dan Daniel. <laughs> There's the title of bandwagon nerds. You ever suck dick for ice water? Uh, I don't think Pot'll go for that. Or Greg. Good that. Yeah, good luck with that. Tony, I know you're drinking a bloody Mary and nursing the shit out of that thing. Well you gotta get oh, this is the second one. Oh, it's your second one. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to make it to payback tonight this okay? is this is how you're going to level out the difficulty level on pga tour 21 right by drinking oh, to I'm the done point with that till tomorrow okay <laughs> platt i know you've been drinking since at least 11 o'clock your time what do you got going oh, on over there so in between shots of kettle one vodka shout out to kettle one i need shout to get sponsorship i need to buy frankly i need to buy a stock in kettle one that's how much i drink it but that's neither here nor there i also have Vizzy which is basically White Claw, but it has antioxidants and vitamin C. So not only okay, am I... Okay, can I ask uh, a question? <laughs> Healthy drinking. I need exactly. to ask two questions about that in comparison to White Claw. It, uh, what's the taste? Is it is it comparable? Is it a step down? Is it better? It's comparable because some of them are comparable, like the Trulies and uh, what's the other one? There's another one. They're not comparable. This is comparable. And what's the alcohol by volume? 5%. Okay, okay. But there's antioxidants, okay. Tony, so it's healthy for I know, you. I know, it's like that video <laughs> game. Jacks, 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 Jacks with antioxidant vitamin C. I think I'll take and that one. And vitamin C, so I'm fighting the Ronin, you know what I mean? <laughs> Plus, I got to maintain some sort of a level of sobriety because I got to go to Home Depot after we end this podcast. Better oh, to go Home drunk. Depot fucked up this yeah. yeah, go it drunk to Home to Depot. There you go. Yeah. Where's the, where's the fucking mulch, bitch? Oh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> they have a mulch, bitch? <laughs> mulch, bitch. There you go. There's a title Shout for this episode. The... Mulch, oh, bitch. Mulch, comma, bitch. I got you. My bad. I'm, no, I'm going to walk into the store. I, excuse me. Yes. How are you? I'm Christopher Platt. Um, uh, where's your mulch, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> it's right over there by the misting section, sir. Right over there. So. Oh, shit. <laughs> Well, thank you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Babe, what are we drinking? You mixed our shit today. Okay. I don't even know what you well, did. Well, um, we have um, the uh, pretty green colored can of Monster. It's the kind of the fruity. The green colored can, red glasses. So anyway. Yeah. Okay. So it's the fruity. It's the fruity. I forget what it is. Ultra Monster, Paradise. Ultra Paradise. Okay. With a little bit of your um, caffeine infused ice drink, the I don't know what it was. The same thing Dan's drinking, and except with goose. caffeine in it. And, and a nice compliment splashing Grey Goose. And Grey Goose, which nice. which is uh, right up there with Kettle One Vodka. With plenty as, of ice that yeah. we were... That's gone now. That's so. gone now. Vodka around the horn. I'm mm. on absolute, so there you go. There you go. You guys got the uh, Whiskey Stones. You, you, y'all not hip to the Whiskey Stones? No, we haven't. No, we don't have any. What? Whiskey Stones. No. You know what? We should have a vodka like tasting party on here. It's like Ooh. kidney stones, but better, right, hey, Platt? Yeah, I like that. Much better than kidney stones because my mama got kidney stones. Hey, you kidney stones are no joke. <laughs> oh, I've had, we both had them and hey, fuck that. Hey, no. I've had a baby uh-uh. and kidney stones, and I'd rather have a baby. Oh. I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you that question. They said Holy. the only guy, the only 
the only men that have a right to, you know, not be at the birth of their child is is those that have had kidney stones. It ain't fun. <laughs> oh. Fuck that. Oh. Uh-uh. My mom is full of them. That's why I try to limit her beef intake because when the more beef she eats, the more they start to flare up because she doesn't want to have the surgery, which I'm not mad at her. You know, 73 years old, mm. old, old you know, COPD. She's scared to go under. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. the last uh. time she had surgery, she went under and they gave her too much. And Oof. she was under for like 12 hours. And Dang. we sit up there yelling at the doctors and the nurses because y'all know how I am. And Ooh. that's my mother. So you can only imagine. Yeah, that's bad. That ain't good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. La- last thing we're going to talk about here, the second half of our comic spotlight. Now we're going to talk about one of DC's most iconic characters, somebody, a character that's going to be very central to wherever DC's going forward. Uh, it's obligatory DP. We got to talk about DC at least once this week. It See, wouldn't be your it wouldn't be a show with you on it if we didn't talk DC. That's true. <laughs> way to way to Daniel channel Ford. way to channel Patrick O'Dowd there, DP. I appreciate that. <laughs> We're going to talk about The Flash, the fastest man alive. Yay! And Tony is all excited. A yeah. train would get his ass handed to him by The Flash. Like, The Flash would lap him like four times before A train ever even got out of the blocks. So, now with those steroids, what was even what, what with those steroids? steroids even with what, what is that shit called? Compound V? Compound V. Compound V. Uh, he would need A train would need <laughs> compound V times 10 to match up with the Flash. So, maybe with compound V, you can hang <laughs> with Quicksilver, not the Flash. The so, Flash, so he'd need compound V, W, X, Y, and Z. Yeah, is that what you're saying? At least, yeah. at least. That wasn't as funny as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> the Flash is, um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the most iconic characters in DC, fastest man alive, deals with stuff called the speed force, can travel back in time, can do all this shit, central to a lot of storylines, including what DP and I have speculated might be DC's attempt to reboot things with the Flashpoint storyline. Uh, Tony, I know you're a big Flash fan. I'm going to kick this over to you first. The, your thoughts on the Flash. <clears throat> I, I'm uh, just finished season six from the television show on the CW, which if you're a DC fan or a comic book fan in general, you don't even have to be a fan uh, or up to date on the flash. Start from the beginning. The story is excellent. The actors are excellent. The villains are excellent right now. We're kind of in a point where flash doesn't have any powers and they finish the season like that. So if that interests you, check that out. There's a lot going on there. Um, if you're looking for a condensed version of what that's about, Find Crisis, any one of them. Uh, the recent one was Crisis on Infinite Earths, I believe. And uh, right now we don't even have a multiverse. We only have a verse. But if you go back throughout this series, it's excellent. To me, I like what they've done in the movie to make him a little bit more uh, humorous. Like he seems to have more of a uh, sense of humor. Whereas the Flash on the CW is... He is the most virtuous, caring, put everyone else and the good of all human beings before himself. And that's kind of the focal point for me as why he is more so kind of, especially in the television world, he, he's the uh, he's the cornerstone. Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, six seasons that they've been doing this. Now, The Flash in the TV series, it's Barry Allen, right? Yes. Okay. So, like, in the comics, what's cool about The Flash is there are multiple Flashes. And then you've got reverse flashes who really fuck things up. But you got Barry Allen, Wally West, very important. Um, you've got uh, the other Flash from the other Earth in the comics. I don't know if they really integrated him into the uh, 
into the well, TV. All of, all those are in the TV show. All of them. Wally's in the TV show too, huh? He is. He's not. He's Kid Flash. There he's not around. He's not around uh, all the time, but you know he'll come back and forth. Um, you do obviously have the Reverse Flash, um, Thon, right? Uh, you right. get you get uh, you get Godspeed in there at one point. You get Zoom. You get a whole bunch of characters that you know from the comic books, and they did a good job of bringing them back and forth. You have Grodd and things of that nature. Um, it's just really well done, and the actors and actresses they have in there. Not to mention uh, most comic fans are guys. They're some really good-looking women to look at, and for the comic fans that are girls, the guys aren't bad either. So you know, it's it's a really good-looking cast. And I think they do a good job in acting and, and playing their parts as well. Sweet. I, it's a show I've been wanting to watch. Platt, you got any thoughts on The uh, the Flash? Yeah. So when I think of Flash, I think of Barry Allen. That's The Flash. And yeah, you run fast. Okay, cool. <laughs> I feel like that's an oversimplification to steal from Ezra, <laughs> to steal from Ezra Miller. In, in, uh... He travels in time. He throws lightning bolts. I mean, he puts out fires with his arms. What do you want from this guy? I mean, Superman literally reversed the Earth's polarity and rotation and went back in time to save Margot Kidder, which I think that's a questionable decision. But you want to compare <laughs> that with the Flash? The Flash goes back in time to try and save his mom from getting murdered. And fucks up everything. But that's we're going to get to that in a moment. But uh, well, that's more virtuous than going back in time to save Margot Kidder. So I got you on that. Yeah, but everybody was pissed at him. <laughs> like the one thing your dad told your real dad told you to do, Kal-El, you did it to save Margot Kidder. Okay, it cool. is forbidden for you to interfere with human history. Ah, fuck it. Yeah. I got to save Margot Kidder. So Margot Kidder, Margot Kidder. Not Elizabeth Taylor, not Megan Good, not any other attractive woman in the Sophia history of Loren, society and existence that you could think of. No, are, no. We, are we talking Margo grumpier Kidder, old men? What, what, are we talking grumpier old men? Okay. Superman I meets grumpier old men. <laughs> well, could you imagine Walter Matthau as a superhero? That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't save an ant from getting stepped on for Margot Kidder. No disrespect to Margot Kidder, but come on, man. I'm super. That's what he wants, man. I, I literally like reversed all my powers. I took all my powers away so I could fuck Margot Kidder at Niagara Falls on a bearskin rug. And now I'm just normal and get my ass beat at Margot Kidder. What? So I can fuck her on a bearskin rug in Niagara Falls. Okay, cool. Ew. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's what happened. That's the plot of Superman 2. What if I missed Joe? That's literally the Christopher plot Platt of Superman 2. has just really encapsulated Superman 2, original theatrical version and Donner cut, pretty much, in, yes. uh, in one statement. It's all about fucking Margot Kidder at Niagara Falls on a bearskin rug. <laughs> DP, you got any thoughts on The Flash? I don't know how you're going to top that, but good <laughs> luck. I don't know where he fit into Superman 2, but does The Flash show up in like the post-credits? Maybe. So that's... <laughs> good to- I don't know. I, I don't know a lot about the flash, honestly, um, other than what, you know, I haven't watched, I didn't watch the TV show and I've only of what I've seen in the movies. I never really read the flash comics or anything. Uh, my, my biggest, uh, I think expanse into Barry Allen was that that was the, uh, pseudonym that, <laughs> uh, Frank Agwignale jr. Used to catch me if you can. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, 
But I like, I, I mean, the, that when we started talking about these movies that were coming out, we started, you know, I think Davey mentioned Flashpoint, you know, a while back. And so I went and read that one. Uh, we'll watch the movie, watch the animated show or movie that was on Netflix. And that was really good. And I went and read the comic after that, which was really good. So it's definitely a very strong character that can, and they have a lot of tie-ins and a lot of things you can do with him for sure. So I, I like the character after kind of getting into it a little more now and then seeing the animated movie and then reading that, the Flashpoint, you know, series you know, of the comics. So I definitely need to go back and, and probably read some more stuff about him for sure. Um, Cause really other than kind of Batman, I didn't really dive into the DC side too much, but that's uh yeah. I mean, from what I've read so far and everything, it's, it's, he's, he's a pretty awesome character, honestly. Yeah. I, and I haven't seen crisis on infinite earth. I need to watch that. But in the comics, Barry Allen makes the ultimate sacrifice, which really, in my opinion, took the flash and elevated him. Like we talked to Tony to Iron Man might've been more of an ancillary character in the MCU. And the flash was kind of there until that moment when Barry makes that sacrifice in the comics. And then he kind of elevates to an entirely different echelon. Um, you know, and, and that's why some of the stuff I'll talk about in a moment gets a little bit more powerful. Babe, you got any thoughts on the flash? I know he's not somebody you've had a whole lot of experience with, but you got any thoughts on him? No, but excuse me. Shit. Um, he is I, Corona. I know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's a character I immediately liked. Ezra Miller did an amazing job playing him, and his character is awesome. He's fun. You connect with him right away. Um, his powers are amazing. And and um, I just liked him a lot. I feel he's, like in the in the movies or whatever, he's like the equivalent to the Spider-Man character in the MCU just because he's more of the younger kid you know, who's like excited to say, oh, oh my God, I'm finally getting to meet all these cool guys and all yeah. this, all my kind of my heroes type of thing. And right. he plays that character so well. Right. He does. <laughs> and I think though, to me and Dave, it's kind of what they're doing with him in the movie. I mean, it's kind of the beginning of his character, but it kind of does a disservice to who he actually is and how important he is. Because if you go through his history and see what happens to me, it's the most interesting story in all of comics. Yeah. He, and, and it's, it's it's it is and it's filled with tragedy similar to Tony Stark, but it's different. You know, Tony's dealing with his own personal demons and and Barry's dealing with with a demon as well and regret over stuff that he couldn't have prevented when it actually happened. But now he has the ability to go back and change that and the ramifications of his decision to go and do that. And not only like his past with his family and the people around him that aren't superheroes, but you also have other metahumans and superheroes that he goes in and back and forth with being friends and not like Caitlin Snow and Cisco Ramon, you know, um, Frost and uh, what's Cisco is um, vibe. Right. So you have two characters like that that are really close to him throughout whatever you're kind of doing where they end up apart as well. So it's it's a it's a very deep storyline for the Flash, in my opinion, Dave. I'll stop interrupting you. 
No, that's cool. Cisco Ramon. Cisco Ramon sounds like when you're 16 years old and you give the guy 20 bucks, the wino on the corner, 20 bucks to go in the store and get you a bottle of something. And he brings you back a bottle of Cisco Ramon. I thought he sounded like Roman Reigns' cousin from like Guadalajara <laughs> or something, you know, Cisco Ramon. Having having not had any experience with this character really before he appeared in the movies, I'm interested. Immediately well, wait, 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 interested in seen, knowing more about him. But you've seen DP talk you should about watch the you should watch the TV show. It's available yeah. on Netflix, all six seasons. It's I mean, really it's good. it's an hour long show, so it'll be forty two minutes. But start at the beginning, and it's it, I, you'll be hooked after the first or second now, or third. Now, episode. DP mentioned the Flashpoint paradox, the animated thing. You've seen that, which is all kinds of fucked up. Ooh, yeah, right. that was that was overwhelming. that's in the TV that show was, as well. Wow. Right. And that that's as good a way as any to segue into my top flash stories, because um, my honorable mention is actually Flashpoint, which I know is going to come as a surprise to DP probably. And to anybody else who's listened to anything and has seen me gush about Flashpoint. It is my favorite flash story. Here's what I wanted to run by you, DP. Why it's an honorable mention for me. I don't think it's the most accessible story for somebody who's new to the flash because there's just too much going on. It's it's the splintering of a multiverse and a reversal of a multiverse kind of crashing in on itself. And it's my favorite story of all time. The animated I, I would tell somebody watch the animated thing before you even try to digest what's going on in the comics. It just seems to me there's just too much happening in that story that if somebody was new and coming into the flash and tried to start there, I think they would get lost. No, that's true because it really in at the in the animated movie there. If you don't know necessarily know the the history of the Flash and like his mother died or whatever, you know they don't really get on that and you know how he got his powers in the first place kind of thing. They don't hark on that. They just kind of towards the end, you know, as the movie goes on, like I'm trying to get him back type of thing. But yeah, that'd be a little harder to understand the whole story because they don't really tell it there or anything like that so get understanding that background history of the flash that's a tough one to start at that'd be like you know like spider-man's into the multiverse one and starting with miles morales and all these random you know spider-man's and peter parker's coming in and like what the fuck is going on you know you unless you kind of know the story a little at least a little bit it's a that it would not be a place recommended to hey start here right and that's why as it's my favorite flash story of all time no doubt it's not even close, but for like recommending that to people, you know, if there are bandwagon nerds listening to this, and I know our audience has rapidly shifted more from bandwagoners to seasoned veterans, you know, and that's why it's great mm-hmm. to have, you know, some other people on the show who may not be seasoned veterans. So, but um, switching over to my recommendations, uh, number five on the list is the, F- the flash blitz storyline. Uh, number four is born to run, which is kind of like Wally West's year one story which which is cool number three is terminal velocity which is wally west like like tony was saying the flash interacting with all these other meta humans and the relationships he have with them sometimes he's friends and allies sometimes he kind of uses them to get to what he really wants to do and terminal velocity deals with that number two is the flash of two worlds which is an older story but it really and it's the first, it's the one that introduced the concept of the multiverse of dc comics because it's it's barry allen and what's Tony? Do you know the other Flash, the one with the uh, the the dome helmet on his head? You know what he what his name is? Oh yes, the older Flash, Jake. Uh, from Jake? Earth. Isn't it Jake? Jake? Yeah, man. I 
He's from I Earth. I can't remember right yeah, now. I, and I'm, I I'm, can't He's either. from Earth 2, right? He's from Earth 2, right. But Jay Garrick. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Thank, thank you, you DP. DP. He has like a real old school helmet with lightning on the side. Yes. It's almost like a derby hat that's rounded off. It's, 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 he plays a big role in the TV series as well. Okay. And in this story, this is where he makes an appearance, Barry and him make an appearance. It's the introduction to the multiverse. Uh, the number one story of all time and flash wise, to me, it's the return of Barry Allen, which is almost an oxymoron because it's it's Wally West's story, but it seems like Barry Allen has returned. But it's really, and this is after Barry perishes in Crisis on Infinite Earth. Sorry, there's a that's not a prediction, that's a spoiler. Thank you, Paul. But um, <laughs> kind of, kind it's of, kind of a spoiler. But it's not really it Barry depends Allen. Depends on what medium. Depends on what medium you 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 consume. That's true. Um, the story is it's not really Barry Allen. It's a Reverse Flash Thawne, and 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 his basically playing uh, with Wally's emotions who, you know, Wally's got a connection to Barry. Barry isn't it Barry's uncle or something like that? Who? Wally? Isn't Barry Wally West's uncle? Uh no, yes. brother and brother-in-law. That's Iris' brother. Okay. But uh that story is really powerful and, and definitely one worth checking out. So, yeah, good stuff guys. Uh, always enjoy talking comics characters with you fellas. Well, it's the first time I've done it. Last thing I'll say is, if you like Tom Cavanaugh, he is the reason that the TV series is such a success because what he does as Doctor Wells and as he also plays Thon, so it's it's just amazing what what they do with that and and how he captures all these different incarnations from different multiverses, from different universes that that he comes from. So that's for me. That's the last thing I wanted to say about pimping that show out on on the CW. Isn't Tom Cavanaugh the new Supreme Court justice? Nothing. Maybe. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> okay. Is Nothing. It, nobody. Wasn't Matt? That wasn't funny. That wasn't worth a ha ha from no anybody. Ah, there you go. Uh, wasn't Matt? Shout out to Ka- Tom Cavanaugh though. He did that show back in the day. What was it called? When uh, he was the bowling alley lawyer. It was a really cute show, uh, and it had that? the young lady. And it had the uh, the lady from um, from uh, that's on Modern Family now, Julie Bolin, Bowen, and that was his love interest. Ed, it was on NBC. It was a cute show. I just said Ed three times. <laughs> Nobody listens to you. <laughs> was it? Was it? Another shot. Wasn't Matt? You. Wasn't Matt Cavanaugh a backup Struts. quarterback for the New England Patriots? A different Cavanaugh. <laughs> <laughs> so. Guys, really, but y'all popped for that. Okay, cool. <laughs> It's Matt Cavanaugh. <laughs> he was Yogi Bear in 2010. <laughs> well, look, guys, that's uh, that's going to bring us to the end of this episode of Bandwagon Nerds. A, a pretty heavy episode dealt with some troubling stuff, depressing stuff, some uplifting things, some fun things, a little bit of everything on this episode. I'm going to go around the horn, let people know where they can check you guys out, where they can find you. Let's start with the one and only Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. What do you got going on, sir, other than Kettle One sponsorships? I cannot stress this enough, ladies and gentlemen. With all due respects to Christopher Reeves, because I don't think they've made a great Superman since Christopher Reeves. He he was Superman. But come on. (laughs) He's God on Earth. You're God on Earth. And you give it all up to fuck Margot Kidder. In the oh. Falls on a bearskin rug 
and get your ass beat at a diner to throw that in there for extras. By Come a, on, by man. An asshole trucker. Come on, man. <laughs> Anywho, all all jokes aside, seriously, Dave, DPP, seriously. I, you know, I, I hit you guys up late Friday night and asked to come on the show. And I appreciate you all letting me come on the show. I really do. I love both of you guys for real. And this was a blast. I always have a good time on this show. You all can find me on Twitter at the Real C Platt. I'm on Three Man Weave. We're taking a hiatus this week, but we'll be back next week. Better than ever. Same Platt time, same Platt channel. Also, we're going to be on Potter's Ward this week, and I'm going to tell you why Roman Reigns has always been a heel and why now he's the biggest face in the history of wrestling. Well, not the history of wrestling, but current wrestling. So tune I'll in for that. there to tell him why he's wrong. And just real quick, also, man, if you appreciate the content that we provide day in and day out here at thechairshot.com, make sure everybody goes to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot and pick up an official chairshot t-shirt. We need your help. We need your support. You can support my campaign. Yes, I am running for president. Platt Blast 2020. You can't do any worse. But anyway, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash each share shop. Please and thank you. you. Thank you. I appreciate it, dear. Don't. 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 Buy the t-shirt. Do not support the campaign. We're not just a website. We're a movement. And I really can't do any worse. I just come on here sounding drunk. I'm not really an idiot, you know. I just look. He's like the it. only reasonable I, choice. Yes, really am. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I, I'll I mean, shave my beard for the position if I got to go. You know, beardless. I'll shave my beard for the position. I'll even take off the mustache if that's going to make white. This isn't the Yankees. This is the president of the United States. But Platt, yes. Platt, would you yes. give it all up yes. for Margot Kidder for the position? <laughs> don't blow it. Hey, don't blow it. Don't blow it, buddy. I, I tell you right now, the title of this episode is Giving It All Up for Margot Kidder. DP, that's that's got to be the title of this episode. I think so. And if Platt, if Platt is really going to run, <laughs> if, he, if he really runs, I, I hope he's going to actually comb his hair, too. I think you promised that, right? <laughs> PC Tunney, you are more than just uh, the campaign manager for Platt Balaz 2020. I'm not their campaign manager. I never accepted the position. Let's not start that shit today. You be right, quiet, Platt. Your time is done. <laughs> Tony, where can you people... You find me at PC Tony, goddammit. Thanks for having me on this fucking show. <laughs> uh, Mr. Scientist DP, tell everybody what's uh, been going You guys came in at less than four hours, less than three and a half hours on A Winner Is You. I was shocked. I was disappointed, yeah, right. actually. How long disappointed. Did you guys go? Three hours Three and 21 and minutes. Hours? Three hours total, I think. But Put your fucking first... foot down, guy. <laughs> took a half an hour. We took a half an hour at the beginning to talk high score. We talked episode two high score as well during that episode. So that took a little bit out of it. But yeah, it was a good one. We had our, our episode 10, our first ever top 10. Did your top 10 switch from ours? Or did you top ten this? video games? I did not stray from my top ten that was on Bandwagon Nerds. So if you heard it from Bandwagon Nerds, you heard it again. It's my same top ten list. You could save yourself thirty minutes of listening, folks. Just right there. <laughs> skip through, skip through DP's <laughs> list of top tens. <laughs> Listen to everybody else's because it was those were definitely more interesting to hear their no their way. takes of what their favorite genre. You could definitely see their favorite genres and everything as well. So that was kind of fun, but. Make sure you follow that uh, if you haven't been already at uh, on Twitter and Facebook at a winner is you the letter U, 
And if you want to just follow me, I'm at it's me DPP all over the social media interwebs. And uh, those those pro wrestling tees that Christopher Platt mentioned, you know, we got two a winner is you t-shirts out there. So make sure you go check those out and get those as well as the bandwagon nerds one. Uh, I recommend the premium soft. You know, spend the extra couple bucks and get the premium soft. It's very comfortable. Nice. That's what uh, that's what convinced uh, Christopher Reeves because Margot Kidder says she was premium soft, and now I'm not Superman anymore. But uh, go on. I wonder if he was thinking about her. No, I'm not going to go there. That's just that's just wrong. (laughs) So y'all got to have me back, man, because I also had some thoughts about Maggie Gyllenhaal in The Dark Knight, but I'm not going to go there. Ew! Ew! Ooh, do we want to talk about that? No, we don't, because we've been doing this long <laughs> enough. We are not giving out my wife's Twitter handle because we'll get a, like, the Margot Kidder fan club will start fucking DMing her and shit, and she doesn't need that kind of harassment. But you can check me out on Twitter at Attitude Ag, that is at Attitude A-G-G, Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. Please make sure you're checking out Bandwagon Nerds on Twitter at Bandwagon Nerds. Next week, we start looking at the boys, and who knows what will happen next week. Hopefully, nothing as bad as this week. Fuck, we can't have any more weeks like this. But that's it, guys. Again, thank you to Christopher Platt. Thank you to PC Tunney. Thanks to my lovely wife, DP, as always. Thank you for being on the show. We will catch you guys next week. Until then, maybe get out of the basement. It's still fucking too hot to do that. But just be safe. We'll talk to you soon. So long. In my culture, death is not the end. It's more of a stepping off point. You reach out with both hands and bust and segment. They lead you into the green veld where you can run forever. That sounds very peaceful.